1: How could he do that? Are I you on to- ch- What? Charles Darwin.
4: The Nerds is where it's at.
5: Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brever, and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today, a very special guest is joining us from his vehicle. It is the world famous Pablo Escobar. How are you doing today, man?
6: Do you, do you know that? Do you guys yeah. know that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's mewing. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm doing. I'm doing fine. I just picked up my car from maintenance. We're gonna see. Wow. We're gonna see if I. I have. I. We're gonna do another thousand mile check in, and then we'll mm. find out if I get a new engine for free because of the recall. They had to open up a whole new plant in Mexico to build these new engines, but they're being stingy about trying to get me to trying to give it to me for free so i've i've already done like seven checkpoints the last one to go so we're doing good
5: the bastards you know what you should get yourself is a 2013 ford c max those things Mm. never let you down smooth driving vehicle durable trusty aesthetically quite pleasing carson we can't be Mm. handing out free promos man No, Mm. I would give all the free promo to a 2013 Ford C-Max that I need. Get it in white if you can. I can't believe Ah, that we opened with a Mewing tutorial. Well, hold on a second now. (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) That was very cut that. Cut that. (laughs) Yeah. Jamie, Jamie, can you cut that, please? Uh, The Mewing tutorial, just a phenomenal way to start. All right. We are going to talk some basketball today. And one of the things that feels like has been sort of dominating the discourse as of late is that the famous MVP straw poll has now been released. The one that started a national discourse on race and stat padding and everything else last year, just at about this stage in the season. And Nikola Jokic is again the front runner. Pablo, does that seem right to you? Who would be your MVP if the season were to end today?
6: Um... Yeah, if it ended today, it'd probably be him. Only, I mean, it was gonna be Embiid, right. but now he's now he's gone. So R.I.P. Um, I think, uh, what's it called? Who is is it Tim Bontemps yeah. who does the, the does. straw poll? Yeah, they and he was like overwhelmingly mm-hmm. the winner. So yeah, I I think I'm I think that would be the choice, and I think that's a choice I'd be fine with, even though even though it's a little bit of a down year for him, sixty five percent shooting. Ugh, not shot chucker seventy. Um. Yeah, he. But uh, yeah, he's he's still playing unbelievable. Um, who who would be who's even near him statistically? Giannis Jay and then. Giannis, but but the bad the vibes are bad around the Bucks, so he's they're not even talking about him. And then and then Shea, I could see Shea getting momentum later on in the year, just because people are so mm-hmm. prisoner of the moment with this stuff. Like last year, the Nuggets had like a bad month and, month and a half to end the season, and then everyone's like, "Wait a second, this yeah. guy's actually garbage. We hate him." And then uh, so yeah, they I could see Shea having some big games, and then and them doing the thing where they like. They look at the steal and block numbers, and they're like, "Wait a second, this guy's an elite defender. This is a two-way player. Jokic <laughs> is a one-way player. So we're gonna give it to him." And also, if they they could realistically finish with the number one seed, it's possible. But but today,
4: I think I think Jokic is probably the MVP. Jokic is probably my pick too, and I kind of hate that argument too, man. Jokic is a one-way player. Like the way he dominates the glass too; he deserves credit. I I think I would. I think you guys mentioned, like, the top three. I think my top three would be Jokic, SGA, and Giannis. Uh, I am waiting for the bottom to drop out in Milwaukee because Doc Rivers is the new head coach. So I'm just, you know, just it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out. Like, I think Luka's probably climbed into those conversations for me. I think he's probably my favorite dark horse with the guys they got. And then uh, shout-out Jalen Brunson, man. I'm a big Jalen Brunson uh, MVP points kind of guy. I think he should be on the short list. Wow. Brunson is right in that next tier for
5: you. I think that there's some good guys in that second tier. You got to put Kawhi up there with what the Clippers have done, but I think there's four clear front runners. And I think that it is Jokic, Giannis, SGA, and Luka. And I think that there's pretty legitimate arguments for any one of them. Like I legitimately had a bit of an internal battle thinking about this. I don't think it's super clear cut right now. To me, the tiebreaker for Jokic is just that I think he's the best basketball player on the planet. And, uh, We become so numb to the fact that this guy is like arguably the greatest offensive player ever and that every single year you see a guy turn this group into a completely dominant offense and some of the on-off numbers are a little bit weird with him because the Nuggets do so many of these platoon swaps where they go full starting lineups and then full bench unit or just Jamal and a full bench unit or whatever, but consistently like he completely transforms their offense and that obviously totally matches up with the eye test just the ability to dominate from anywhere on the floor out of any action, scoring, playmaking, unbelievable efficiency. He's just doing what he does. And he floated the ship well for that stretch earlier in the year when Murray was hurt. And I do think if you look at some of these other contenders, like the Nuggets probably have the best overall supporting cast of any of these teams that we're talking about. When you think about two through five dudes who are just such complimentary really good play finishers some really good two-way pieces in there like they've built a really ideal starting five around Jokic. but i do think when you're talking about how things look when that guy is off the floor if you think about what dame even in a down year is capable of doing floating that offense in non yanis minutes or at times just taking over being like the number one guy as much as i love jamal murray i am literally wearing a shirt that says <laughs> this guy loves jamal murray yeah how about that In terms of regular season production, consistency, he's not on that level. Same goes for Luka, who I think makes a legit case too because, again, I talk about us being numb to what Jokic and the Nuggets are doing, and that shouldn't like detract from the greatness of it, but also when you think about talent on a roster, preseason expectations... The two guys who have really overachieved that in terms of propelling team success are SGA and Luka. I do think we got to give Kyrie a lot of credit though for what he's done this season. And again, there is a different level of I can float the offense than anything that you get with with Jokic's supporting cast. As much as I love those guys, so I'm leaning Jokic. Who
4: would you guys say makes the next best case? I don't want this to I don't want this to be like a I don't want this to be a narrative thing like you said because I think that some of these awards we can kind of get narrative-based in the sense that, like you said, SGA's really dramatically overachieved this season, but am I wrong for kind of wanting that, fellas? Like, I don't know. I want a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) this is a weird comp. Uh, You get a new prisoner, man. It's some fresh fish. Now, hold on a second. I want some fresh blood, man. I want some fresh meat. Like, I want want somebody new in there, and I think SGA, if there's anybody that we're going to, you know, move into this upper echelon of players, it's him, and... He does have a really good supporting cast. Like, I like what uh, Oklahoma City's done, putting two-way guys around him, putting other offensive creators like Jalen Williams, like Chet Holmgren, but uh, I don't know. That's a real, like, sticking point for me between him and Giannis. Like, Giannis obviously has the two-way edge because he's one of the best defenders on planet Earth, but SGA is going to be able to get you a bucket and manufacture you a good look regardless of the situation. You know, there's a different level of confidence I have with him in the clutch. And yeah, I get, like I said, I don't want it to be narrative-based, but I think SGA is close enough and the team success is there where he warrants a real chance in the MVP race. And yeah, if narrative was to creep into play, I'd probably say SGA is number two. I just want a little something new, man. And I think SGA has played well enough this season to where it warrants him being in these conversations and warrants him as a real argument at number two. And again, not to beat a dead horse. It's coming, guys. It's coming. Milwaukee's going to just drop out, man. It's inevitable.
5: Yeah, you made it pretty clear that you want fresh fish and fresh blood. Buddy. Fresh meat, fresh meat. Yeah, thanks. I don't think that the bottom is going to fall out for Milwaukee in the regular season. It quite literally never has. Like, this is always an elite regular season team. If their flaws and Giannis's flaws are going to be, like, really exposed, obviously the point of attack defense is the reason that they're 35 and 20 instead of maybe, like, pushing Boston for the one seed. But. When you're talking about Doc Rivers, when you're talking about Giannis' limitations in terms of half-court offense, that becomes an issue in the playoffs. I think in the regular season, he's as dominant a player as we've seen in the last half-decade plus. To me, he would still be second. Like, he hasn't been able to drive an elite team defense like he has in years past with Drew at the point of attack, or even when it was Eric Bledsoe and the boys, but individually he's still pretty elite on that end. And he's having, like, maybe his best career season offensively, 31-11-6 on 65% true shooting. SGA does have the narrative, and no matter how you phrase it, Logan, like people do like seeing a new guy crowned MVP. That was a driving factor for Embiid last year. Voter fatigue is like one of the most reliable realities in NBA history. But I think I would go Giannis, and Luca does make a case, dude. I mean, they're 10 games above 500 when he plays. He's averaging a rounded 34, 9, and 10 on 62% true shooting. Like, this is one of the great offensive seasons in NBA history that he's putting forth. And now the narrative is starting, which is always fun, that Luka's a good defender. This is great, dude. I love... Oh, it's going around, Mm -hmm. buddy. Just on the heels of the Trey is a good defender, which I really enjoy, (laughs) because people can't seem to separate improved from good <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> trey is playing with more effort trey is making plays with his hands trey is six foot 160 pounds and carries a huge he's offensive elite. load he's, elite, he's not buddy. a good defender just like luca stole
6: it from kevin durant he, he stole it from kevin durant, durant. one of the best offensive players
5: ever dude you know what that makes me think of i posted like a whole video breakdown right where you watch a bunch of film and you come with all these stats about Hallie way earlier in the year when he was having this awesome season and then some guy on tiktok just commented like didn't he get clamped by Lamelo? because you remember lamello had that one <laughs> steal on him in the clutch and i was just like good god but anyways
6: that's facts that's
5: facts. i mean that guy cooked <laughs> lucas improved defensively he is playing with more effort he's making plays with his instincts and the stats that are going around are like he defends really well on post ups and in isolations of course he defends oh, well on post ups yeah, he's a big <laughs> physical 68 guy in terms of isolations same thing like bigger wings can't bully him but like quicker guys can denny of dia was getting what he wanted on luca and when you talk about team defense mm. foot speed like He's not a plus defender. So let's just put that narrative to bed. But legitimately I think all four of them are close. Hey, but Denny is also a European MVP. Denny's tough. Some are saying
6: some are saying European Ben Cities. <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's funny that uh now we're 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 just like the the Venn diagram with Luca and Prime James Harden is just a full circle now. Like we we had all the offensive like. Ex- the only difference is is Luca performs yeah. in the playoffs uh, like to the same standard, but um you guys probably remember like back in the day Harden was like the worst defender then people were like hold on yeah post defense (laughs) he's actually really good at post defending um and even like even like uh when (laughs) when Mike D'Antoni went on the Thinking Basketball basketball podcast he's like he's actually a really good post defender um but yeah Luca it feels I, I didn't know that stat what are what What's their win-loss record with him in the They're 28 lineup?
5: and 18 when he plays. They're 3 and 5 when he sits. Oh, wow. And they went 11 and 8 without Kyrie, which is pretty legit. Kyrie's also 3 and 2 without him. So they're 0 and 3 when neither of them plays, which it's like obviously. So that's that's crazy cuz he
6: he is putting up like He's putting up the yeah. numbers he does in two K. Like every year he averages like 35, 12, and twelve in two mm-hmm. K and wins the MVP. And this is the year where he's finally doing that. And he should what is is he at like thirty seven percent for I three? I th- wanna say like
5: that? it's might be thirty eight. Yeah, he's having his best career season from deep.
6: Yeah, that's crazy. You we just do do the voters look at that? Do they look at not not his numbers? Do they will they look at the record with him in the lineup versus out of the lineup? Because last year they they kind of ignored it with Jokic and Embiid because like the the Nuggets had with with Jokic playing the Nuggets had a better record than the Sixers did with Embiid playing, but they just kind
5: of like ignored that. So I don't know, I don't know what the, what they're gonna roll with. It's an interesting question. I certainly factor it in but you can't really overstate how much historically at least voters have looked at Okay, what seed did you finish? And that's a huge determining factor. We saw 28 straight years where a top two seed in the conference won MVP every single year. You didn't have to win 60 games It wasn't necessarily about I mean They didn't have on off data for some of that time or your team's record with versus without you It's just like did you get that seeding and I do think that if SGA
4: gets the one seed
5: That could be a real factor.
4: Did you, speaking of one seeds, I mean, do you guys consider Jason Tatum in the upper echelon? Where is he among these, among these guys for you?
5: I actually have him fifth because I think like you can't really undersell how well he's played this year and how great the Celtics as a team are. At the same time, I think that the four guys who we're talking about are very much in a different tier in terms of carrying the load for these teams. Jason Tatum had 40 points the other day and it started like a national discourse and it's like you know with the offensive numbers we see in today's day and age with Luka averaging damn near 35 point triple double maybe if a guy's scoring 40 points makes everybody want to knight him king of the NBA and I know that he had 30 at half but maybe that tells you a little bit something maybe he's not quite on the same level as the other guys like yes the Celtics are A great team. Runaway one seed in the regular season. They also outscore people by 7 points per 100 possessions when he is off the floor. They are an elite basketball team when he sits. They're only 3 points per 100 better with him versus without him. And they have 4 other all-star caliber players. So, because of that, I just don't think individually he is on the level of what Jokic does carrying an offense every night. What Giannis does in terms of two-way impact. What Luka does carrying an offense every night.
6: Yeah, he's he's for sure hurt by how stacked that team is because people people just look at it and they're like, oh my God, that you have all these guys. There's no way you're as valuable as like Shea is to the Thunder with all those young guys and stuff like that. And I think I think that's probably factoring into. Um, Giannis's chances because people are like, wait a second, you traded for Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's a great offensive player. Your team is winning because you're one of the best offenses in the NBA, not because you were one of the best defenses. So um yeah, I think I think it would be it would be tough for Tatum to break in there. I'm surprised he hasn't because I think he he is a player that like um like like the jo- or what are they NBA today now or whatever like he's the type of player that those types of shows love to push and they they like want him to like emerge as the face of the league and stuff like that and so i'm surprised they haven't tried to generate more momentum for that and and they are the the number one team in the NBA there he's the face of it and so it is a little surprising that like i've
5: i've heard no i'd never see anybody right. say like hey throw Well Tatum especially when there, you consider like It feels like the best player on the best team guy always works his way in there. It was Donovan Mitchell in 21. In 22, it was Book or CP3. Like, those guys who aren't playing individually on that level, if the teams are great enough, they will generally work their way in there. But that's true. I kind of think I'm soft launching a take that Jason Tatum is kind of like the Kendall Roy of the NBA and that he's always in a position to be promoted to, like, (laughs) the guy and he wants it and the people around him want it and then things kind of choke and fail miserably for him in the big moment and then you reset because he really is like the prince who was promised to a lot of nba people i made the mistake of opening twitter and seeing that our friend Jokic joe starred quote tweeted nick young swaggy p known nba genius saying like i don't get how people have Jokic above tatum and i was like all right i guess we've arrived at that point of the season
6: <laughs> he He's always been uh to me he's always been the like I've I've never viewed him as a future candidate to be the best player in the world or anything like that. To me I I always considered him like he would be the Paul George of this generation. And like because Paul George in Indiana was kind of there like uh when they were going against the Heat in the playoffs people were like this guy's going to be a superstar. This guy is fantastic and he peaked very very high but just just by no fault of his own, they were just better guys at the same time. And so that's that's how I feel about
4: Jason Tatum. Well, and that's the thing with Tatum that's so frustrating is it's like all these other guys, too, have their, like, consistent – it's like you said about his 40-piece, Carson. We flip out because he dropped 40, but it's like these other guys are so damn consistent in their play style and how productive they are night to night. And it's like Tatum waxes and wanes. It's the Julius Randle dilemma. And it's not obviously to that extent, but it's the – Damn man, you're big as hell, Jason. Go down to the rack, my boy. Go get you a yeah. layup. Like, you're huge. Go yeah. pick on a small guy, go get the mismatch and go to the hoop. It's it's that same dilemma that you face with Jason where you're just frustrated where this guy has all these physical abilities, all these athletic traits and he's settling for jumpers or and he's a great shooter, you know what I mean? It's like Well, no, he's not a great shooter. He's a good shooter. I'd call him. Okay. <laughs> what is he shooting this year? Oh, he's at 36.
5: And he had a real hot streak in there, but like we pulled some numbers last year. I think he was the only guy shooting a certain volume of pull-up threes. I think it was like over five a game who's hovering around 30% just below it. And he was at that number earlier in the year. Like there's no question that he's too reliant on that. And it makes him too volatile as a scorer. Like that's the difference between him and these other guys, right? All the dudes who we're talking about in the top four have that one like unstoppable trait. If it's physical imposition in the paint from Giannis... From Jokic, playmaking, Jokic obviously has that factor, as does Luka, who gets wherever he wants on the floor whenever he wants. SGA has that more reliable, like getting into the lane at will and then is a better playmaker too. So the volatility factor with Tatum is more of an issue in the playoffs, for sure. But still, I think it inhibits his consistent ceiling as a player compared to some of these other guys who we're talking about.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
5: Moving on from the MVP race, the Golden State Warriors have been playing some really good basketball as of late. They've been going with Draymond at the five, and they've won five games straight since doing that. Logan, how much are you buying this turnaround?
4: I want all the Warriors stock. I said, I think, a week or two ago uh, that I officially, after the trade deadline ended and the Lakers didn't make a move, they were stagnant. I said that I wanted the Warriors over LA. I wanted the Warriors over Phoenix. And I'm sticking with that. I'm stamped. Uh, since Draymond came back overall, they're 8-4. and four, They're 4th in offensive rating during that time. 5th in defensive rating. 2nd in net rating. And more specifically, in the nine games where we've seen Dray at the 5, uh, they've been ninth in offensive rating and 2nd in defensive rating. And I think Dray just kind of opens up everything else for Golden State and what they want to do. Playing Jonathan Kuminga and Andrew Wiggins together is really imperative. Uh And that's kind of the thing. You want your five best players out there. Klay Thompson is not playing like one of the five best players on the Warriors. So you need to figure out how to get these guys on the court together. And I like the Warriors recipe. You've got absurd superstar level Steph Curry, which I know, Carson, I said two weeks ago I would take LeBron. I'm still taking LeBron, I think. But I'm completely, I'm I'm out on the Lakers, man. The Lakers just don't do it for me. (laughs) They just Logan, just so you know, Pablo, he picked the Lakers to win the title preseason, and now
5: he is completely out on them.
4: I was (laughs) anticipating the Lakers making a game-changing move at the deadline, a complete roster overall. Well, they got Dinwiddie. Oh, Oh, I forgot. My bad, guys. My bad. If (laughs) you want a guy who
5: can give you 14 shots a night on 39% from the field and 31% from deep, you got him. (laughs) I thought
4: this year's Lakers team was going to be a complete overhaul reminiscent of the 2018 Cavs, you know what i mean where everybody just got shipped out the door i thought we were gonna see them hold on to guys that they liked and so ultimately i was disappointed because of the lakers inability to make a move i'm rocking with the dubs you have superstar level steph curry who's been on a, a torrent recently 33 points man like 14 threes a game on 44 from deep you've got an emerging star in jonathan kaminga i like their impactful athletic wing defenders kaminga and wiggins The bench has been underperforming recently, but I think they're really solid. And this is not me saying the Warriors are going to win the title, but I like them more than some of their older or their other older contemporaries, like Phoenix and LA. I still think they lack an uber dependable number two, a legitimate floor spacer. Like, I think Klay Thompson has to play better for them to win a series or two. I do think they lack physical and athletic advantages over other teams, but. The one thing that I circle back to with the Dubs that I really like is that they have experience and that they have roster continuity. I don't know if LA is going to play hard in a one-game scenario in the in season turn or the tournament. Excuse me. No, they I did. Saw the in season tournament. They, did. they turned it up for that. The they won that. Yeah. yeah, for real. Hang the banners, guys. Hang all of them. <laughs> I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to show up consistently enough effort-wise when it comes down to it. I don't know if the Suns are going to be able to reach a high enough defensive ceiling to win a round or get in there so give me the team that has been there the most that has the roster roster continuity that has a top five guy that i'm taking for a playoff run uh yeah I, i'm i want to buy back in on my warrior stock and i'll say this too i know we talked about this briefly on jason show carson if we get a hypothetical thunder or timberwolves matchup against golden state out of the play-in i'm taking golden state oh pablo what do you think
6: I'm I'm in on Golden State um I, I thought they would be, be better before the season oh, yeah. started um, and then they they were like the worst defense ever and uh, but now now they're finally um, putting the pieces back together and when you like when you list out all the guys it's a team full of names that you like but they just haven't been playing up to their standard um, but like it's when you uh, when you like take full account of their roster and you think like, okay, Chris Paul's gonna be coming back soon. Did Gary Payton mm-hmm. come back already? Last couple years. Yeah. Games. So he so he's so he's back and he's always been like he's been like a, a positive for them. And uh, whenever whenever he plays, yeah. right. Um, and so he's he's a big time. He's basically like a like a center for them kind of. Um, he he's like a lockdown defender. He's great for them. Um, and uh, the uh, what's called the Steph. Pajimski, Wiggins, Kuminga, Draymond lineup is is obliterating people, and uh, it's like, it's like the number one offense, number one defense in like limited possessions or whatever. Um, but you got to think like if you play that starting lineup, and then you get Chris Paul healthy, and then maybe Klay Thompson agrees to come off the bench, and then you have Gary Payton, and then you have Trace Jackson Davis, and you have Sarich, and and uh, like the, the overall that sounds okay to me. So I don't know. I don't know if they're, they're actual contenders yet, but they're, they're, they're kind of like the chiefs where like, um, it's, it's impossible. Like if Mahomes is on the roster, I'm thinking they're a contender. If, if good Steph Curry is on the roster and Draymond Green has not declined really, like he may not be in peak form, but he is still one of the best defenders in the NBA. And he missed a bunch of times. So it makes sense that their defense was so bad. Um, Oh, oh and they still have looney I didn't even mention Looney um so they so they have guys uh and it's it's just hard for me to count them out so I still I still feel good about them when it comes to the specific playoff matchups I don't know it would be crazy to see them versus Minnesota because then it is just it's just 2015 uh, all over again
5: it's like uh, we're gonna beat you with smaller balls. Yeah. it's
6: like no they're too big
5: yeah. yeah it is interesting I mean they're going back to their roots and I definitely think that it makes them the best version of themselves right now i think that they had to get more athletic on the wings and i just think looney ultimately is not providing providing enough in terms of that athleticism as a big and is going to give issues in terms of your spacing offensively and these are just lineups that have been killing it like you mentioned it, pablo that five with pods in there instead of clay has been plus 38 in terms of net rating in just 90 minutes but like that is obscene but even with clay in there that small ball five has a plus 17 net rating in 116 minutes and they have been clamping people up so it's real improvement and i do think that you feel the difference in terms of perimeter athleticism and skill and i do really like having pods in there because he brings that extra dimension of a guy who's really comfortable handling and playmaking but Clay, at least, you know, is going to be a very high-level shooter, and so the spacing value there is really real. And Draymond just changes the game. Like, Draymond has always changed the game. Draymond, so, so historically underrated. And sure enough, him being back and him holding down this small ball lineup has made this a different basketball team. Overall in the year, the Dubs are outscoring teams by 6 points per 100 when he plays. They're 15-12 and when he plays. Like, they're a good basketball team with Draymond. They're a bad basketball team without him. And even though he's not at his peak in terms of athletic tools, he's never been more efficient as a scorer. This is the best he's been as a shooter since 2016. Mm. Like that's been consistent all well, year. What is he at still? Is he still? A he's 40% no? from deep. So like,
6: oh yeah. changes how you guard
5: <laughs> the Dubs, man. And it especially changes things when you consider that now you don't have a non-shooting five out there like Looney. Like this spacing right now mm-hmm. is heavenly. It's always been if you run Steph, Dre, pick and roll, then yeah, you have the four on three, but it's like there's going to be a a guy in the dunker spot, right? Now at times he's attacking just these totally clean paints where there's no low man because you have to stay attached to everybody on the perimeter. And it gives more room for a guy like Kamingo, who we know has been so effective attacking in isolation and on post-ups with his athleticism. He's got cleaner paints to attack. Like, this team is just looking... Much better offensively. He helps things flow so much, like conducting those off-ball actions. Uh, He just really, truly changes the game for them. And defensively, obviously, he's phenomenal. I do still think that the fundamental weaknesses for this team are the same. And I always thought that they would be better than they have been. Because it's like you mentioned, Pablo. Like, you look at the names and it's like, all right, well, this is a team that Got bounced in the second round last year, and now their depth is significantly better. I liked the young guys. The young guys have been delivering. Like, how is it that they were underachieving so much? And really, Wiggins and Clay disappointing and Looney not playing so well are kind of the key factors there. I think that this gives them their best shot to win. And against the Suns or the Clippers or the Thunder, any team that doesn't have like a really big, physical, bruising front court, I say go for it. Now you have more offensive pop. You still don't have that second creator, but you have more athleticism, more guys who can handle more shooting on the floor. I just worry about it against like the really big teams. Like Paulo, you mentioned back in 2015, that was the narrative, but you know, that was a little bit different. My team was a little bit different. Turns yeah, it out
6: pretty, pretty change. Yeah. Now
5: we're in a league where it's like teams are able to blend that huge size with the kind of skill that historically a small ball line had provided. Now you have a center who was 280 pounds that can run your offense and you have a guy who's 6'10 and shoots 40% from three from whatever angle off the catch and MPJ. So, like, that's just what scares me. And the Lakers, Logan, I still think the two superstar combination, the much bigger, more athletic, stronger, more physical front court with the secondary shot creation, that scares me. The T Wolves, I mean, I worry about their half court offense and their clutch offense in particular, but they are so much bigger and I worry. I worry about what Ant can do. I mean, Dre's going to hold down the paint, but what Cat can do attacking some of those slider forwards.
6: They beat up the, the Clippers' small ball lineup the other day, didn't they? Yeah,
5: but I just think the Clippers have significantly more basketball talent. And at the end of the day, it's like when you have three shot creators and offensive hubs the caliber of... Kawhi and PG and Harden, I I can't. No, no, they that. they shut down the
0: Clippers. Yeah, yeah. but
5: I'm saying with, like with over their... a series in a playoff setting. Mm, oh
6: yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking like in terms of uh, uh, Minnesota versus
5: Golden State. Yeah, I would I'd probably still bet on the Clippers to win a series between yeah. those two. Yeah, but it's fun, dude. Like I'm glad the Warriors are playing good basketball because I've been holding out hope and waiting like. It was a bummer for a good portion of this year. Like they looked old and sad and angry, Mm -hmm. and now they're doing what they do and it's fun. They just need Wiggins
6: back. If Wiggins can get thirty six percent from three, I don't know. Maybe
0: things are.
5: He's at least been like knocking down his shots in the last handful of games. He's been pretty good from deep. I think he might be fifty percent from deep on this wing (gasps) streak. Win streak. I mean, that's small ass sample size, obviously, but it's encouraging. Remember, All-Star Andrew Wiggins. Was that last two year years or was ago. that two years ago? Two years ago. Mm. All-Star Andrew Wiggins. Was he All-Star Starter
6: Andrew yes. Wiggins? Yes. Yeah, because because he got oh, fan-voted because uh, the K-pop
5: guy said, vote for, vote for Andrew <laughs> That's Wiggins. That's awesome. Earned earned seriously. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet.
4: Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code nerds. New customers can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code nerds. The crown is yours. deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources all right we got to talk a little bit about Wemby here because
5: the man is just unbelievable and he just made history the other day so much so that I went and I made a whole YouTube video breaking it down because he had 10 blocks against the Raptors he became the youngest center to have a triple double the second youngest player to have 10 blocks in a game Pablo do you think that he's the best rookie that we've seen this century when does century start does that start
6: that's a great 2000? question
5: 2000
6: 2000 <laughs> okay so who would be in the running so LeBron would, great question but uh, mm-hmm. we are I think we're too young to to have been there for it so it's hard to contextualize how how good he was in like mm-hmm. in the in the league um but since him does it just does it just jump from him
5: to uh, Luca in 2018 is there is there anyone else with them? The other guy who I think a lot of people would tell you has been the best rookie this century is Blake Griffin because mm. he just came into the league with a different level of physical maturity. Like he was already a freak, but then he had the injury year. So he it's came fake, in 20 fake rookie like Chet Holmgren, fake rookie. I fear fake rookie. I fear like Ben Simmons, who, by the way, mm. also has to be on the outskirts of this conversation. Like he was 16, eight and eight and clamping as a rookie. That's pretty rare. But those are kind of the guys to me. Zion had he been healthy, yeah, I think I, minute he, to I minute. Was thinking
6: about him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: So, yeah. They, it's it's really
6: there's there's nobody who matches the two way impact other than like like LeBron. I don't know. I don't know. He did. how good he, he did. was. In Pablo, life. here's
5: what I will say. You may think that we're too young. But I legitimately grind 2004 LeBron rookie film. And I can tell you <laughs> that there were very good moments. The playmaking, the athleticism was there. But in terms of consistency and just, like, the different level of outlier physical tools. Breaking news, he wasn't seven four with an 8-foot wingspan. Like, there's, there's a big gap on that end between them as rookies.
6: What what was he doing? Was he just was he just guarding threes on ball and and how much like well he he had like some
5: impact he had some impact with his off ball defense but it wasn't as much like the secondary rim protection it was Mm -hmm. more kind of like he was pretty good at jumping passing lanes like Mm -hmm. he made some dynamic plays but possession to possession was not a great defender as basically every single rookie ever is which is why Wemby is such a freak outlier yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, he's just so
6: nuts because, yeah, like Luca was a was a genius day one in the NBA, but but defensively he's he was he's always been like a no, he's actually event. good, he he's quite good now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but he didn't he didn't figure out who's the, who's the better post defender, current Luca or current Wemby. Um, but yeah, Dialogue. it's it's really it's really hard to match uh the two way impact that Wemby's having, mm. and uh, it's because it's crazy because. Yeah, they were just nerfing him by doing the the Sohan experiment, which I supported the <laughs> Sohan experiment. Um, but as soon as soon as you just get him a replacement level guard with Trey Jones, then all then everything falls into place. Um, it's really like, and it's not even like he's not even sc- it's he's scoring in a translatable way to where you could throw him on a contending team right now and he would still be fantastic. His off-ball game is nuts uh, for for a rookie. Like he's uh, prob- probably probably because he's French. They they watch soccer <laughs> over there, so they they know about space. Um, yes. And he's yes. just like he's spinning out and back cutting people uh, when he uses those arms to push off and separate. That's 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 eleven feet of arms. What are you even gonna do? Like if he like I always think about um, Zion is so impossible to guard because there's there's very few humans who can absorb that initial like impact and then jump with him like it's impossible and then I think about Wemby like is it possible for him to fully extend push off you and jump uh to catch a lob how what would you even do so he he gets so many um he's like do you, you know Jay Kyle man
5: oh love him love him. yeah
6: he he talks a lot about implied offense like how how many how many points do you get uh, just night-to-night night, naturally, like, just in the flow of the game and stuff like that, and, like, what what's a consistent well for you to, to go to. Wemby has so many areas, like, he has the plays where he, like, dusts Jakob Pertl off the dribble in isolation, but then he has, like, when he's running in transition you can just throw it anywhere near him and he's going to come down with it um he has all these just just easy baskets off cutting um if he just if he just if you just get him into the paint if you get the ball to him near the paint he can just throw up these little uh like hook floater type shots and stuff like that and then now he's also starting to hit his like uh uh pick and pop threes and stuff like that and so it's how like what way can't he score right now? It's really unbelievable.
4: Uh, a couple of things. Um, Carson and I are working on a time machine uh, to go uh, back uh, to yeah. the Luka Doncic draft uh, to let Vladi Dvads also know that Luka's a basketball genius. I think he needs to know. I tried to tell him. I tried. Mm-hmm. He didn't pick up my calls. Unfortunate. Very are are unfortunate. we
6: better off if he goes to Sacramento? What is what is the end? I'm better look off. Like? You know,
4: I'm better are off. Are you a Kings Logan's, fan?
5: He's a Kings fan. Oh, just like Aaron Schroeder.
6: Uh, shut yeah. up. Yeah. shout Shout out out possible chairs
4: um
5: logan is a self-imposed kings fan though this mf is from virginia uh and he said i want to root for the kings so really you
6: gave up on the squires huh yes
4: sad man. wagon sad. My, dad was, my dad was a suffering squires fan i couldn't do it to myself <laughs> destroying
5: dr j's legacy one day at a time
4: dude the squires were loaded fun fact man they not only had dr j for a little bit they had george gervin they had rick barry for a little this bit. guy thinks man. he's telling me fun facts um, he's telling me he's telling me <laughs> no but i knew about yeah i knew about gervin and... <laughs> i knew about gervin and irving but i didn't know about the other ones uh, my dad mistakenly told me that they all played on the same team, and I was like, "Dude, how did they not win a chip, Dad?" They were like, mm. like separate by a couple of years. Uh, and then second, uh, Carson did do a uh, Wemby video, uh, as he mentioned. Shameless plug, uh, if you guys mm. want to check that out. Um, I-, I think you hit it on the head, uh, Pablo. Is we've never seen a guy with physical tools like this. He's seven foot four tall, eight foot wingspan. Like his length and fluidity. Just break the game. Uh, you combine that with the impeccable skill in the basketball IQ I, he's a I know everybody said this pre-draft. I know everybody said he's a made-in-a-lap. He is the perfect basketball player I can't imagine and the stuff that he does night-to-night night, like I, I've never seen that man a triple-double with blocks from a rookie with well, what he does night-to-night night protecting the rim, but bro, we caught a lob and dunked it behind his head He wasn't looking at the rim and he just put it in like the way he his arms are so long, he can catch everything. The the deceptive bounce pass the other night to oh, Sohan. And uh, fi- nice. final thing. Guys, I saw something comical earlier uh, on YouTube. ESPN asked the question, uh, should the Spurs build around Wemby? And I'm like, mm. no, they should build around Jeremy Sohan. What kind of question is that, guys? Like, Can we phrase this a little better? Like what does know. that mean? They might mean. have to
5: trade him to the Lakers. Or the Lakers. <laughs> I don't
4: know.
5: That's what they were soft-launching.
6: <laughs> you yeah. remember in the mean, summer man. as as soon as Anthony Edwards started doing good in the in the World Cup, someone put out an article. They're like, Minnesota's too small a market. Get this guy too out small. of here.
5: <laughs> Start the Photoshops. Everybody fire up your Photoshop. We're gonna trade Gabe Vincent <laughs> in a second and get Anthony Edwards.
6: Was was Hassan Whiteside a rookie when he had the triple double with he, blocks no, against the was, Bulls?
4: Yeah, he was drafted in like twenty
5: ten, I think. He was mm. drafted in 2010 that's right yeah and then he had like two years where he didn't play at all and then he went overseas and then he mm-hmm. came back and he got his 2k rating up what, was <laughs> the he other rookie, guy technically but when he, no when he did that, no because oh, he had okay. played he was on the kings when yeah, he was then really he young the, and yeah. he went to the d
4: league and then he went overseas is the yeah. other guy david robinson is ever you were going carson
5: no the youngest guy well david robinson's too old do you guys know who the youngest guy to get 10 blocks in a game is Oh, Manu- let's see. Mm-mm. 21st no, no, Manu- century. Manu, Manu- was Manu- actually was 47. <laughs> he was actually 60
6: to get 10 blocks in a game. Is it is it 90s?
5: It's 21st century. Not the first guy you would think of. Never Is an 21st
6: all-star. century 2000 or no? Yes, yeah, sorry. That
4: is okay. 2000s <laughs> oh. and so the present day. It can't be Carson's favorite player Theo Ratliff as he was a one-time all-star. It can't be Theo. It's not this, Tyson Chandler, right? He was too young. Ty Crane it's not Tyson. This guy came
5: out of high school, so that's why he was able to do it. He was came nineteen. Out of high school. Mark Bynum, right? Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Dwight? High school legends. No, Ooh. a better thought. Really rational, but no.
6: Okafor
5: was he out of? No, he didn't. No, he was no. UConn, right? He was he UConn. Went to UConn. With ben Gordon,
4: yeah. Loaded, uh, loaded
5: Husky seams.
4: Carson, what year did they stop doing the high school entrance? uh two thousand
5: five is the first class. Dwight was the last year okay so who was or wait no i don't think that's right dwight was the last first overall pick but either way this guy was in that class with dwight so he was 2004 is when he was with drafted. dwight oh yeah. man i don't first know this rounder. class well at all <laughs> first rounder yeah it's tough i mean he is a guy who was not an all-star but who you would think probably was an all-star great it athlete it can't be chris Kamen. Wow! Insane. No, sure enough, it's not Chris Kaman. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, yeah. this is a tough one. Do you guys want me to to give it to you? Yeah, I give up. I mm-hmm. give up. Josh Smith, Jay wow. Smooth. Oh, okay. How about that? <laughs> yeah, aspiring three, aspiring stretch four slash wing, Jay Smooth. Dude, that maybe guy was ten
6: boxes is empty stats. No.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good for Wemby that that's the company that he's sharing. <laughs> i do think that josh smith i do think that josh smith is the best rookie we've seen this century though (laughs) and if he's second to anybody it is to wemby who i do think is actually the best rookie like and that's not a really easy distinction to just give out but i think that he's earned it and i do think that the key difference is exactly what you said pablo like this is unparalleled two-way impact for a 21st century Rookie. Back in the day, right, you would have dudes come in who were 24 years old, like David Robinson, off a Navy stint, 260 pounds of pure muscle. (laughs) You would have Tim Duncan after four years in college. But dudes don't come out refined like that. They don't come out physically mature like that. And the only way to overcome that is being the greatest physical outlier in the sport that we have seen since Wilt Chamberlain. And that's what Wemby is. And so he's averaging per 75 possessions. Because keep in mind, this guy is only playing his 27 minutes a night still, 5.9 combined steals and blocks per game. Like, he is comfortably leading the league in stocks while playing just his 27 minutes. And I did a whole comparison uh, per 75 possessions of him versus all of the other guys who we've talked about. And he is outscoring everybody else comfortably. He's averaging over 27 points. Obviously, he's out-rebounding, 13 boards. Playmaking, he's still giving you almost 5 assists per 75. And his scoring efficiency versus league average is tied for the best of these dudes who we talked about with Blake Griffin. Zion's not included in that because he didn't play a full season. But whatever case you want to make, Luka and LeBron, no question that those guys were more ready to float a team offense because they were these mature, relatively mature perimeter players. I also think that sometimes we can do this thing where it's like, if you think LeBron is the GOAT, then you think LeBron was the best at every single stage. And it's like, LeBron, his rookie year, he shot 33% from mid-range. He shot 29% from deep. Like, of course, he wasn't going to be an efficient offensive hub. No rookies really are. But when you have the ability, like you guys said, just get him around the rim, throw him the ball, and he can finish. He's knocking down his pick-and-pop jumpers. And he is showing more and more creation off the dribble and playmaking. And then you combine that with a two-way impact that is lapping the field, I just don't think that you can deny the guy and the Spurs aren't winning lots of games, but that's because the Spurs suck. None of these guys' teams won lots of games. They're significantly better when Wemby's on the floor. He transforms their defense. He's by every metric and obviously the eye test, like one of the elite rim protectors in basketball already, and he guards well in space. He's a freak. He is everything that he was hyped up to be and perhaps even a little bit more.
4: And he's a, he's a baller, man. Like you can oh, see yes, it in his demeanor. Yes. Demean- yes. <laughs> I, I don't mean that in, I, I'm talking about in his demeanor. Like mm-hmm. there's guys that don't, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, give a fly and you know what, you know, Jesus. they don't care. It doesn't mean Wemby is eternally locked in. Like he's, you know, he's not a Jordan Poole dumbass. Like he's, he's, he's got <laughs> great demeanor, man. He he wants to, he wants to be great. He wants to make the right read. He's unselfish in, like Pablo said, if he wasn't playing around a bunch of young bums, like the Spurs would be winning games. And Young projects? Yeah, yeah come on. Projects. Let's be careful with our terminology here.
6: So hand supremacy, woo! <laughs> uh.
4: Let's give him like more point guard minutes, baby. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt to me that Wemby's already a super impactful winning player, and that's the other side of this, Carson, is you talk about just best. There's maybe arguably and again this isn't translating to wins for the Spurs but when you were isolating what he does on the court I mean Wemby is playing winning basketball like yeah. and it would translate uh to wherever he goes. Uh Wemby is like you said Carson he's everything that we touted him up to be and more. I just I don't know if we should build around him yet. I really wonder if the Spurs need to find another guy to build around. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I time. I
6: don't I don't like uh, people people are complaining that they're such a bad team still but I think that's the way to go because Uh, getting good too early just Mm -hmm. messes you up because like, as soon as, as soon as you start making the playoffs, you can't go backwards. You can't be like, oh, Wemby, we're going to tank this year. We actually Mm -hmm. have to take this year off. He's going to be like, okay, I'm out. Um, as soon as you speed up that clock, then everything gets ruined. Like we saw, Mm -hmm. we saw, and you, and you, as soon as you make the big move, you have to hit on the big move. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. uh. With the Mavericks, they did the Porzingis trade. Was not bad in theory, but it just didn't work out because he had injury issues, they had chemistry issues, and he was not the same player that he is right now Um, right. F- with them. um, The Hawks did the DeJounte Murray trade. Mm-hmm. I think that was bad in theory and, like, in the process right. of it. Um, And, like, yeah, you just... Just and the Pelicans did, did stuff like that with An- Anthony Davis. They were just like trading mm-hmm. their picks left and right to try and get him talent. Um, but it's it's so much easier to just, to just go with the flow because he's just he's just chilling and enjoying the NBA. He's going to bed at nine thirty every night. He's reading. Yeah. So he's just take your time. He's French.
5: He's 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 delicatement. <sighs> he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. It's a very good take. Like that is a real curse being too good too fast. You could argue, like, the entire LeBron Cavs era. Like, mm-hmm. they never had a shot at adding that elite talent through the draft. The unfortunate thing for the Spurs is that with all the loaded draft classes we've seen in recent years, yeah. this is the weakest one in quite some time. Hey, that Wemby-Alex-Sar pairing, though. That <laughs> might go nuts. That might yeah. go nuts. Plus, he's French also. Y- you got to get the French connection going. Let's bring Koulibaly over Let's mm. bring oh uh, well, me his and Yoko Sissoko Sissoko Sissoko. Let's get them all over here. Let's me make and Jokic a show star. We've been talking about
6: should the should the Spurs be worried about Koulibaly recruiting Wemby to DC because they've played together and Wemby's such a, a a cultured guy. Maybe he mm-hmm. wants to be in DC with all the museums and he wants to rub noses with politicians. Should yeah. they be worried? Summers, you don't think
5: the Riverwalk is enough for him?
6: Yeah, I, well, because you got to think, how big is he? Like, it's, I was going to say. It's so, mu- the- it's so much
4: less steps for him, so yeah, it's less exciting. that's a pretty good take. I think the great big women in San Antonio should be enough for Wemby. Why would he ever mm. want to leave?
5: Mm, good point. Churros also. Big selling points. Yeah, I hope that he sticks with the Spurs. Also, it would just be so sick to have the lineage of, like, Hey, all time mm-hmm. great big man to all time great big man. Take a few years off, but in the scheme of things, not that much time. Other all time great big man. All right, enough about this. Let's talk about Bryce Sensabaugh. Why isn't he getting uh, NBA minutes? I don't, I don't know. know. Should Will Hardy be executed? Uh, some are saying. Uh, <laughs> you know?
6: No, they, I don't know what they, they actually did bring him up recently, and he played like two minutes the other night, and they asked Will Hardy about him in the postgame press conference, and he had to take a shot at my boy for some reason. He's like, damn. He, he has to, uh, he has to focus on something other than scoring. He said something like that. And I was like, how dare hmm. you? Number one, the assist numbers in the G League are actually crazy. Like, he he um, has flashed way more as a passer in the G League than he did in Ohio State. Because um, he wasn't, like, a bad passer. He wasn't, like, missing stuff at Ohio State. But they were mm-hmm. basically like, oh, my God, uh, give the... We have nothing going on. Give it to Bryce Sensabaugh in the right. in the mid range. That's oh my god, that's I'm getting excited thinking about it. That's a hundred <laughs> that's a hundred percent shot. Um but so then he goes to the G League and he's averaging like six assists or something like that. Um wow. but also Cam Whitmore did that too, and Cam Whitmore stopped passing once he got to the NBA. Um so, Balling, though. Yeah, yeah, he's playing well, but he the, the like when he started putting up those assist numbers, I was like, "Whoa, Cam Whitmore, yeah. what's what's going on?" But now he's like point, what's the actual like point two or something like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's crazy. Uh, he he definitely should get minutes, and I don't like the. I don't really agree with the idea of like he has to uh contribute in other ways before he's allowed to score because why wouldn't you harness the scoring like um why wouldn't you try if this guy are they not looking at the mid-range numbers uh, that he had at (laughs) Ohio State why wouldn't why would you not try and grow that why would you not give him reps I understand he's a rookie but um like yeah I don't they just need to take the leash off they're not playing for anything they need they need to let him cook
4: when the weaponizing, the scoring is going to open up the playmaking. Once yeah. they have to respect him in the mid-range and from the perimeter, it's going to open everything else up. I, I will say that's the tough thing about the G League. I just pulled up. I got Jamie on our uh, Thank you, Jamie. our stats team uh, to get the G League numbers. He's at 19-5-3 in the G League this year. That's the one thing that's really tough about the G League is that some guys will just put up numbers there mm. that don't translate, and other guys, they play good team ball. It's like Sam Merrill bald in the g-league for a long time and is a great rotation guy right and then Mm -hmm. you'll have a guy like jay huff where everybody watches his g-league highlights and they're like wow dude jay huff is going to be the shit in the league and then it's like no this guy is just dominating guys who are six foot eight playing center and he's seven one like it's going to happen And then you get a guy like Isaiah Hartenstein, and everybody's like, oh, Hartenstein sucks. He would never make a rotation. He's killing it in the G League. And then they bring him up, and he's a really good rotation player. What I'm saying is— Only
5: white guys so far, Logan. How about a little representation (laughs) for guys?
4: There's a a lot of really talented guys in the G, but it's really hard to tell if it's going to translate to good ball. Like, uh— Bryce is a guy that I liked in the draft, though, and he's got a really interesting build too, man. He's a he stocky six-five. Yeah, he
6: looks enormous next, next <laughs> yeah. to next. To, like this, it's always I hear people say like um, that college players look smaller in the NBA. To me, it's always been the reverse. They look they look bigger to me. Like mm-hmm. um, like Paolo looks bigger. Bryce looks bigger. A, a bunch of guys look bigger. When in the I NBA. saw
4: Derek Lively in in his first NBA, yeah, game, I was like, good lord, man, he's massive. He's huge. No more Bryce takes from you, Logan. I mean, I really. I, hey, man. Pablo said it, dude. That mid-range game is buttery. It is. Shh. They need it to is. harness it. They need to build around him.
6: He's he's
5: he's their new Donovan Mitchell. They just don't realize. It. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that maybe Will Hardy has some sort of personal vendetta against him? Because I have a theory. I actually have a theory. I remembered that I thought of this last night. Where is Will Hardy from? Who knows,
4: Logan? Uh. Guess, based on your own life, guess. Context. Uh, Will Hardy kind of gives me, honestly, Utah vibes. He seems like he's sure a Sure enough, he's boy. the coach of the Utah Jazz, so that's a <laughs> really yeah. good guess. Thank you. Thank Where
5: you. are you from? <laughs> Is he a Virginia boy? He's a Virginia boy, a distinguished Virginia gentleman. Where did Bryce Sensabaugh go to school? In high school, I don't even know. No, college. Oh, Ohio State. Ohio State. Which two states have produced the most U.S. presidents, respectively? Is it Ohio? Virginia and and Ohio. Wow. There's a long historic rivalry there is all I'm saying. And I think that he could be keeping Bryce down because of that. And you know what?
6: Yeah. Also, the thing about Bryce is he has ultimate confidence. He's a basketball Calvinist. I think that kind of confidence shakes some people. I think I think, I think it, it makes it makes unconfident people uncomfortable. They're like, why does he believe every shot he shoots is going in, like mm-hmm. it's predestined
5: to go in? I'm uncomfortable with that's why
6: they hated
4: Dion Waiters, man. It's
6: why also, they hated him. It's why
5: they hated Jesus. It's why they hate a lot of people. <laughs> Phenomenal take. Also, Will Hardy. Could want to be the hero. He's boy genius. Look at what he's doing, drawing up all these creative actions. Oh, Look at what they the do Kyle away He's the Kyle Shanahan ball. of the NBA. He's the Kyle Shanahan. He's tanking. Whoa, that's a phenomenal take. Have you had that take before that Kyle Shanahan is tanking his quarterbacks? Why would he take Trey Lance? So that he doesn't get a good quarterback. So then he can say these quarterbacks suck. They come from mm. nowhere and I'm making them stars. Think about Will Hardy. What did he do with Lowry Markinen? Career revival. John Collins, comeback season. Colin Sexton, playing better. That's what he wants to do with everybody. So he has to bring Bryce down before he brings him back up.
6: Kyle, they always say Kyle Shanahan just wants a soldier. He just wants someone to follow Mm -hmm. orders. He doesn't want a dynamic out-of-structure quarterback. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's probably what will he doesn't – because he's worried, oh, we're not going to be running my beautiful system. We're not going to be spreading yeah. the ball because it turns out when you give it to Bryce in the mid-post, it's a, a point every single time. So
5: 2.0 points per possession.
6: Well, dude,
4: and then to your point, once Bryce finally pops, we're going to go, oh, it's all Will Hardy's credit. All Will Hardy.
5: Oh, my God, yeah. All Will Hardy, he'll, most he'll improved player. Bryce Ensabaugh next year. That'll be two and three years for Will Hardy, a most improved player dynasty
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
3: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit Apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
5: You're a Bulls fan, right, Pablo? Unfortunately. <laughs> How's that treating you? How'd you feel about the deadline or really lack thereof for the Bulls? I Yeah, they Yeah, this is
6: this is the worst it's ever been in my lifetime. Mm. He's worse than Garpacks. I yeah I've watched so much bull, bad Bulls basketball. I watched the three Alphas era. I watched there were there were days I was I was rooting for the the Zach Levine Mark and, and Chris Dunn trio to to mm-hmm. take me to the top. This is the worst it's ever been because everyone everyone knows it's not going anywhere and he won't blow it up. Arturis karnashovas will not blow it up. He said ownership ownership will let me blow it up if I want to. I don't want to. I want to keep this rolling. And so it's Insane. like it's like he he must be he you're not even getting like uh they they say like People who support capitalism, they're like, show me the deed to the factory. Why do you support that? With with Karnashovis, it's like, why are you doing this way? Show me your uh, share of the ticket sales, because that's the only way this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bulls are somehow still number one in attendance. I don't know why people yeah. still go. Um, and it, it, it's just, man, it's just... The only—it's just a dark tunnel. There's a little shining light on the wall, and it's like, oh, Kobe White. And then there's a little <laughs> little duller light, and it's like, oh, Patrick Williams playing good three and D basketball. So Nikola Vucevic, have you seen his wide open three point shooting numbers? Twenty eight
5: percent. That's exactly what I was gonna guess. God, what should have thrown that one out there. And and I just I just. It's, it's,
6: I've, I've, I expected them to not doing anything at the deadline. And uh this isn't the worst year for them to not doing anything. Cause like there's no savior in next year's draft. But mm-hmm. when we get to Cooper flag time, if I'm not in lottery contention for Cooper flag, yeah, I
5: don't, I'm, there's gonna, I might be on the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Karnasovas, dude, what a disastrous legacy move to leave the Nuggets Two years before it all went so beautifully, that could have been his legacy, and now his legacy is destroyer of worlds and hopes and dreams. And
6: I saw someone go over what what was his position with the Nuggets? Was he, he was the GM, GM for a little he bit? He was GM. Yeah, he only made trash moves with the Nuggets. He, <laughs> like he he made the Donovan Mitchell for mm. Tyler Lydon and whatever else trade. Um, yeah, he cooked. he he he's done not like. They say he found Jokic, or he's like one of the ones who found Jokic. But um, that's that's the only that seems to be the only positive. And I guess and he, I mean he made some like signing Lonzo was a good move. I think everybody would have signed Lonzo. I think he yeah. wanted to come sh- to Chicago. Signing Caruso was a good move. I think everybody mm-hmm. wanted to sign Caruso. And so it's just you got to think replacement level uh, front office moves. Like how many the what when has this guy done anything? Um, that wows you. The Vucevic trade was a disaster. The second I got the alert on my phone, I was upset. I I knew that my mm-hmm. my future was ruined for the next few years. So that uh, it's it's really it's really horrible. Garpacks had some moments of brilliance, but like they found Jimmy Butler, they found some other mm-hmm. guys. Um, there's no moments of brilliance with this guy.
4: So what sucks, too, is you guys did mortgage away good players, like, you know, good young guys, like Wendell Carter is now... Oh, my you know, God. ...a, a good mm. big man, like and too. What did the Bulls give up? Like, why did they... I don't really remember. Why did they give up Markinen?
6: So, basically, Markkinen got completely destroyed by Jim Boylan. Uh, Jim Boylan was Great like, coach. I'm not calling any players for you. I'm not doing anything for you. Like, there was... Um, <laughs> it was it was called we called it February uh, back in the Bulls days because there was this one February where Laurie was doing the things that he does now like mm-hmm. he would get the ball in transition they allowed him to be like a point guard and he was driving he was hitting all his threes he was doing like his his deceleration move um, mm-hmm. he was doing all this great stuff and and he looked like a star but then Jim Boylan was just like cut that out this this is European I hate this um, <laughs> and he he basically he basically told him. If you want shots or if you want involvement in the offense, then you need to uh, go grab rebounds. And then mm. that basically killed his confidence. It killed his like motor and everything. And so by by the time he was done in Chicago, I think everyone was ready to part ways because we were like, mm-hmm. it's just not going to yeah. work out here. What did, what uh, and did then Chicago Cleveland, get back? Um, I think we was we – so we – I think – it was part of the DeRozan deal. Like, was it a three-way deal with Cleveland and San Antonio to get DeRozan? I I think that's uh, that's what I it don't... was.
5: Was that it? I, I honestly feel like can't my... remember get, get, exactly. Get Jamie on it. Yeah. yeah, Jamie, can we get on this for God's sakes? I will say. Oh my God! All right, talking to you. You okay there, buddy? This is a joke. <laughs> what is it? Are, are you you guys aren't gonna know? believe
4: me. Dude, they got <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. in a first and a second.
5: Was that it? That's it. Yeah. I mean, I will say, bro, Lowry's stock was low because he had not that, progressed. Did we use that pick for DeRozan? I thought
6: DeRozan. I, I got to figure out tied, who you guys tied got. Tied in there yeah. somehow. Maybe not. I don't know. But but we were we were done with him by then. So there it, like it was there a were no more deal. It was okay.
4: Cleveland,
5: okay. Portland, and Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> huh yeah yeah i remember and i will always remember the first game of the 2019-20 season against the charlotte hornets lowry had i think 34 points and he was big body in people he was being physical as a driver and i was like this is the dude we've been waiting for lowry marking an all star leap coming, and then i was you know three years early but ironically now lowry actually does rebound lowry was never a good rebounder at arizona in Chicago. And now, you know, he gets his nine boards a game. He's just a more physical guy. So, so much better. Well, sorry about being a Bulls fan. Perhaps someday. I don't understand why in God's name, the reports are now coming out that they want to commit further to DeMar. Like, I get not pushing it with Levine when it's like, okay, he's hurt, right? He's going to miss the year anyways. You have him under control, wait for a deal you like. I don't think the value is going to get better. But to say, yeah, we are actually going to re-sign DeMar DeRozan, is unfathomable to me.
6: Yeah, it's and and apparently they were buyers at the trade deadline. They were falling around. Well, they're one people. move away. Oh my god! And so like the 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 Derozan trade, I did not like when it happened. Um, yeah, but that that ended up working out because. He just, like, peaked. He was just, like, playing the best basketball he's ever played. Yeah. Um, and it would have been great if then you sold high. You were like, hey, mm-hmm. does anyone want DeMar DeRozzi? He's playing great basketball. Um, but instead, it appears we're just going to run him into the ground. We're going to wait till he... Um, he is shooting twelve percent on his mid range shots. We're like, man, we just missed out. If only if only the stars had aligned. So I d I don't know what they're waiting for. It used to be that they were waiting on Lonzo to come back, but now right. um now his press conference answers like indicate that he's not even expecting that. Arturus, he's like in a perfect world it would happen, but we don't live in a perfect world. So I don't know Damn. I don't know what he is expecting to happen. It feels like it feels like he um like like Garpeks would try and trick us. They'd be like, "Well, no, we're gonna be contenders. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're just chilling right now." They they would be like, they, they would they would say things like, "When Derrick Rose gets back um, from injury, that's <laughs> that's the equivalent of us like making a big trade, <laughs> like getting him back yeah. on the roster and stuff like that." Um, but. It feels like our is not even trying to trick us. It feels like he's just like, yeah, we're we're mid, but we're we're doing that. We're going forward. It's cool to see Demar Derozan make these uh, jumpers in games that don't matter. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool doing all this. They, and he he says like the Vucevic. Well, I guess he's. They asked him like, how do you feel about the Vucevic trade? And he's like, I th- I think we came out good on that trade. Which I guess he's not gonna say. God, I missed right. on that one. <laughs> but yeah. but man, it's 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 so it's so depressing. I don't know when the end and. Reinsdorf does not fire people because he doesn't care about results. He just wants to hook his boys up with jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I don't know when this guy's going
5: to be out of my life, but we are, we are in trouble. We're in trouble, dude. It's one of the most interesting, like let's put three stars together ever. Like one of the weirdest combinations. I remember at the time I was like, individually, I don't like any of these guys. I think Levina's is overrated. I think DeMar is overrated. I like Vooch. I think Vooch is overrated, but I didn't think like, Altogether, together, Lonzo's so important, what he can do with his shooting and point of attack, defense, and playmaking. I was like, this could be a 50-win team. And, you know, there's something at least to being a good regular season basketball team when you've just sucked for the better part of, really, 25 years. And uh, shout out maybe that could have been the case with Lonzo. Woo! Yeah, shout out 2011, man. Shout out. All right, All-Star Weekend is coming up. What's your take on All-Star Weekend, Pablo? Do you enjoy? What are you looking forward to? Do you have things you would change in that big brain of yours? I feel bad for all the players who
6: have to spend the weekend in Indianapolis. It's a disgusting, gross, horrible city that no oh, one wow, should ever everybody. have to visit. Um, wow. I, I would protest. I would not show up if I was them. I would I would go somewhere warm and somewhere that's not just a gray mass of parking lots and potholes. Shout out to Yats, the only redeeming part of Indianapolis. Um, but yeah, the All-Star Weekend... I'm, it's, yeah, they, the dunk contest, there's not enough innovation for me. I'm willing to be hired as a dunk contest consultant. I have good ideas that people have never tried, but right. um, because people well, say,
1: people give say, it, every, give us some,
6: people say everything's been done. Everything hasn't been done. All right. No. So first dunk you walk out and that you walk out with the ball and then you just drop the ball at center court. And you start running up to the hoop for for like a lob and everyone's like, what's going on? Where He doesn't have a ball. And then either someone drops a ball from the rafters and you catch wow. it and dunk. Or someone throws like from the nosebleeds or someone throws just from the crowd. Someone throws, you, the, the ball comes out of nowhere from the crowd and then you dunk. So that's an exciting first dunk.
0: Never
5: been um, done.
6: The best, the best idea I have is donkey bars. So you know monkey bars, right? You know yeah. how you swing from bar to bar? You line up a bunch of hoops like like that, you know? And then mm-hmm. you swing from hoop to hoop, dunking the ball with with your left hand and right hand. Now, I uh-huh. don't know if there's regulations against No, there there can't be because JaVale McGee dunked yeah. on two hoops at one mm-hmm. time. So that implies you can dunk on 10 hoops in yeah. in one attempt so i think that would be it. that would be my other one i have another good one but i can't think of it right now but either way if you give me time, if you lock me in a room and and have me sit down and come with and come up can with ideas, that. I could do it. The problem with these dunk contest guys is they're just doing it off a whim. I think they just mm. they're like the night before it's due, they're sitting down to do their home the homework. They're like, "What should I right. do? I don't know. I'll do a three sixty. Uh, great, great <laughs> idea, Jalen Brown. So, I don't. Jalen Brown hasn't gone yet, so we'll no, see he hasn't. That. I don't, I don't Super know. Super Um, but yeah, I there's there's innovation, but they're just not tapped into it. So. Um, the three-point contest with Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu—that uh, is going to be a disaster. I'm gonna, Ooh, I'm gonna log, I'm gonna log off because um, no one's gonna have fun with it. Everyone is gonna say it's gonna turn into Andrew gender Tate, battle of the uh, genders. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's it, That's gonna be. Oh my god, it's gonna be a nightmare online. Um, and then the All-Star game—they went back to East-West, right? So yeah i don't know the 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 west is just so much better than the east but the the game doesn't wow me I, I, I feel like the game is probably for
5: kids right it's a good question i don't really know who it's for at this point i think it's just been a thing for so long that you can't get rid of it yeah it's better than the pro bowl you get that at least they're playing a semblance <laughs> Dude, of the actual sport
4: i wish they still did the pro bowl like on madden man that was actually like legitimately fun to watch um the All-Star game has just like gone so far downhill. Like We peaked with the dunk contest with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Like that was the greatest uh, ever. You know, I mean That was amazing. And then we got a second version of it. And then with the NBA game, they lost me when they had the final point total. Do you guys no, know when they changed? that was the The, the best. Elam
6: ending? That the was, Elam ending it, it was, was a win. Good. It did make it competitive. Did it they made it so them?
4: that there
5: was a quarter of basketball that was going to have stakes no matter what, and they would actually play really hard
4: just all kind of dumb. It's a basketball game, man. So, like, what, the points in the first three quarters just don't matter, thanks, guys. Well, it's for Uh, a show. (laughs) Yeah, it's a basketball game?
5: (laughs) Yeah, what are you talking about? Exactly. Dudes are throwing behind the back lobs whenever they want, pulling from 60.
4: It just makes you, like, nostalgic for the days of old when Dr. J and, you know, uh, Jordan and, and they would be in the dunk contest. I think to save the dunk contest, I think we need star power, I think. I don't know if anybody's ever gonna care about an all-star game again. You know what I mean? It's like the like the Pro Bowl. Like it's a joke now because nobody wants to get hurt and I don't know, man. I wonder if we should do away with it. I think Pablo's right about the dunk
5: contest. To me it's not like exclusively about star power. That's what we've always heard. We gotta get LeBron in the dunk contest. We gotta get X Star. We gotta get Zion, John Morant. The best dunk contests ever did not involve superstar talents. It was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine because yeah, they, were they the became best two-
6: stars because of it. Yeah, they were mm-hmm.
5: the best dunk contest dunkers ever. They were freak athletes who were also trying new creative stuff. Mike, sign me up for that every time. Mac McClung last year didn't move me, unfortunately. Like, it's cool, yeah. but also he was a literal G League player. It's a little bit weird. Like, why don't we bring Jordan Kilgannon, professional dunker, in at this point, and have, like, <laughs> yeah. the professor in the skills challenge? That was a bit of a stretch to me. I think the innovative dunks, that's... You got some good ideas there, Pablo. Pogo stick dunk, have you ever considered that? You jump off a pogo stick? Could be the move. You're on pogo stick. I think you start from half court, you go the entire way on pogo stick, and then you propel yourself up, as a pogo stick is intended to do. Could be the move. Stilts dunk on a 15-foot hoop? I mean, there's ways to get up there. Ways to get up there that people haven't tried before. Could be the move. Could be the move,
4: dude. I think Wemby would win. Like, imagine just a dunk contest where it's like the only rule is that it's a fifteen-foot hoop, and then Wemby's like the only guy that can get up. <laughs>
5: yeah. I wonder, what is the max height he can dunk at? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say, it's somewhere between twelve and thirteen. I think. I couldn't put an exact inch on it, but. I would be that pretty would... confident in that. Jeremy Evans reached real high that one year. Wow.
6: And then... That's he a did. Deep cut, and also, what did he do? He, like, painted himself dunking. and the... Or he, like, brought out a canvas, and it was covered. And then he dunked, and then he revealed it was a painting of him dunking, right? I didn't remember that. I that's the, remember the kind of showmanship we need to bring yeah. back, bro. Remember? Who was it? Was it Paul George who did the glow-in-the-dark dunk? Mm. Like. It was. Yeah, they turned that. off the yeah. lights in the stadium, and he was going. Yeah, yeah there's... they had
5: some stars that year: Dane, <laughs> John Wall, PG, and Demar. weren't they all in the dunk contest that year? I think that, that, that I was. It's yeah. Terrence Ross
4: being in that year. T. Ross, the boss.
6: They need to. They need to add a one v ones portion. Maybe one hundred percent. They should just do the one v ones during the All Star game. It should just be like <laughs> like just call out isos constantly. Yeah. that would be more fun. But they.
4: Yeah, you got to wonder who's going to try and then are they going to call mm-hmm. fouls or whatever. Oh no, there would be a I think there would be pride on the line if we go hey, Iso, ISO and it's just two guys at the top. I think dudes would play hard. Yeah, maybe,
5: maybe.
6: Edwards Oh no, Edwards and Shea, they're going to be on the same team. So.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I um, don't know if that was narratives. a good move. Um uh,
6: like getting rid of the drafting. I thought the drafting was okay cuz Yeah,
5: you I, I don't know. I like the classic east west, there's something about that to me, and maybe it is just nostalgia. But I like the cleanness, I like the classic jerseys east west. They'll probably mess that up this year, I haven't seen what jerseys they're rocking. But <laughs> the red and blue that's fun to me, that's tried and true. But I mean, a one on one tournament would be such a huge win. Like, we have the skills challenge, bro. Nobody cares. Now, what they've done with the rising stars sucks. There's a G
6: League team, Scoot Henderson. Has a chance to be... So he already has been in it two times before. He's in it this year. He probably is able to be in it next year, right? Will Mm -hmm. anyone ever get four rising All-Star game appearances ever again? He has a chance to do the the unthinkable.
5: I mean, he'll certainly be the first. I don't know if he'll be the last, though. G League Ignite? I think that that's going to be a thing that, like, at least a few guys do. I think it's actually probably only going to grow in popularity year after they, year.
6: They are I, – I have noticed they've uh, – they started up a new Twitter account. I forget what it's called, but um they were, like – the NBA was, like, promoting high school basketball. And I I re- they really are, like, taking – they're trying to promote their future stars. Like, they had all of Wemby and Scoot's, like, big games on mm-hmm. um, yeah. League Pass last year and stuff like yeah. that. So it, it seems like they are – they used to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll let college handle it or whatever.
5: Um, but now they, mm-hmm. they are taking more initiative to develop the young guys. Totally. It also helps when, like, you have generational hype. Like, Wemby mm-hmm. was generationally hyped, but Scoot was also so hyped up. And I think that that's why everybody was like, Brandon Miller's going to suck. It's just because the hype machine was so behind Scoot. Brandon yeah, that was, that, dude. that
6: was... Yeah, that, that wasn't great because... That that was just like artificially built because he he didn't dominate the G League, so I think I think it put unfair expectations on how good Scoot was.
4: Yeah. Um, because, he played
6: really well when they played each yeah, other. Yeah, in that first, I think that's the only game everyone saw because then everyone also Wemby made like seven threes, and I think everyone just thought mm-hmm. he was like a knockdown shooter. Yeah,
5: <laughs> uh, because of that. Yeah, thirty percent. Seven mm-hmm.
4: foot four, Steph Curry. 7'4 KD.
5: Everybody still calls him KD, which I still think we need to settle down with a little bit. (laughs) He's really fluid for a 7'4 guy. I don't know that he is ever going to be KD comfortable handling pull-up shooting. Like, he's going to be really good at it. Kevin Durant, though. I'm so out on KD comparisons, bro. There's never been a KD comparison where I was like, yes. I was B.I., the next KD. Settle down. KD's a top 15 player ever. Jabari Smith Jr., Chet. I mean, yeah. the The only one close is Daylon Terry. The only <laughs> one close is Daylon Terry, obviously. Daylon Terry, maybe like Rodion's Kurooks, right? 6'9", could handle, could mm. shoot. But
4: Dude, didn't Daylon Terry have like a nasty dunk the other night, man? Yeah,
5: I think so. Arizona legend. Shout out. I've had a long conversation about why Dalen Terry was super under-recruited because we went to ASU, both Logan and I, and I covered ASU sports for 24-7. And my boss, shout out, great guy, Chris Cartman, always talked about how like the ASU coaches were like, that guy's not any good, and they were making fun oh. of him. And he's like, no, you know he's actually pretty good. like He's a long athlete, plus rebounder, high effort guy. like He's going to get better when he grows into his body more. They didn't want him. Bobby Hurley did not want Dalen Terry. Put that on his tombstone. We'll take Remy Martin. That's. What I mean, they got. wanted Remy Martin, and they wanted as many Remy Martin knockoffs as possible. <laughs> All right. We'll let you out of here in a minute, Pablo. I do just want to open the floor because I think you have so many fascinating things to say about the league. Like, is there a take churning in your mind? Is there a theory? Is there anything in particular that you feel you would be remiss if you didn't get off your chest?
6: I don't know. I don't know if there's 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 nothing... Right it doesn't now, have I'll, to be.
5: I'll tell you what I just love. I
6: love five, four pick and rolls. I love Carl Anthony Towns running the pick and roll with with Gobert as the screen setter, and he can shoot pull up threes or he can throw the lob. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's what I've been doing in two K. I'm glad they finally caught up. I'm known for doing things in two K years before they get to the NBA. I, I was imagine. running the 2018 James Harden Houston Rockets offense with Tony Roten. Wow. years Before it happened, it was it wasn't built off pull up threes, but it was built off Tony Roten guard post ups. Um, I was mm. I was I was I popularized the Romer before they started doing it recently in the NBA. Uh-huh. I would always I would always user control the center and just make sure I guard the worst uh, shooter mm, on the court. Mm-hmm. I would just abandon him, leave him, just hang out in the paint all the time. And Innovative. so yeah, I'm. I think I think bigs we're using bigs like. They, i i all i always wanted them to be more creative with carl towns because of how rare his skill set is and i think they are doing more because like if you run him off ball like around screens and stuff um they like steven adams can't keep up with that and yeah. then uh it, if you put a smaller guy on then he could just bully that smaller guy so right. yeah carl anthony towns he's the future start, start chris finch he's he's using him in cool ways and everyone needs to get
5: on those waves Dude, Cat has always been so overhated. Like, people take a sample size from him in the playoffs, his rookie year one series, and just like these little one series sample size where he's just not quite as good as normal, and then they're like, this dude is like Julius Randle level fall-off choker, doesn't have that dog in him. It's like, you know the greatest shooting center we've ever seen was also pretty comfortable handling and playmaking. Like that guy might actually be pretty good. I know that he was hyped up to be like the Messiah as a prospect and he was never defensively what was expected, but
6: remember there was at one point the, the NBA GMs took a survey
5: and they said, we'll, we'll take him first before everyone else. (laughs) And he was like, I think he did that two years in a row and Mm. was prominently featured in like I think somebody picked him to win Depoy in front of, like, his third year. Like, there was some defensive category that a GM was like, I want Cat. I want to revisit the Tony Roten offense real quick. So, mm. if it's not about the step-back three, the pull-up three volume, you're talking just, like, very spread offense? Are you talking small ball when they got rid of Capella? Or, walk me through that. I'm intrigued. Yeah, what team was I? I forget what team I, I the was. 2015 the 2015
6: Sixers, maybe? No, it wasn't, because I okay. would trade for him. Because you could get him for cheap. Um yeah. I would, it would basically, yeah, I would have shooters everywhere else. I forget who my big men were, but I would have shooters out on the perimeter and it would just be five out offense and just like, just like the Roman Coliseum, just <laughs> which, whichever guard was guarding Tony Roten, I'm backing them down all the way in the post and I'm either killing them and scoring or they're sending a double and then that guy's cutting and I'm hitting right. him with a pass. And so it was like. I was awesome. racking up triple doubles. So they the, the the AI wasn't very smart because they didn't switch the defenders. They could have put put a bigger guy on him, but right. they couldn't that was, but who knows if the NBA would have even thought to do that? I don't know. Well, they
5: saw a 68 overall Tony Roten and didn't realize that he was a, a post mismatch like nothing they'd ever seen. Before. Idiots.
6: And you know what? I think I was the Wizards and I think I had um, Isak Bunga. I think he was my oh backup my God. point player. Whoa, this and is you, more I recent could, than I thought then. Yeah. I could, I could. Tony do... Roten was out of the league.
5: <laughs> you brought think, him back.
6: Well, this is like, uh, was this like 20? 20... Is this 2017? No, Bonga wasn't in
5: the league. He was in the 2018 class. Bonga was 2018 class? Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Roten was out of the league a couple years by then. But I'm sure he was on some European roster. Mm -hmm. He probably got him from there. Maybe I'm mixing timelines then. I don't know. But I definitely was also big on Bonga in 2K. (laughs) Yeah, super team. Tony Roten, I realized, had a very outsized cultural impact because Mm -hmm. the guy comes up a lot for like – really barely great, great being great NBA NBA mix a mixtape. A mixtape can make your career. So true. Seventh Woods, people still talk about the name Seventh Woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very very real thing. All right, Pablo, thank you for coming on, man. Huge get. I got to say, my girlfriend big fan of yours. Big fan oh. of yours. Yeah, because when I post a TikTok, right, you know, it plays whatever's on the for you page and it's very often you. And she doesn't like basketball at all, but the anime takes the Kaisen takes <laughs> the could X group of ragtag ne'er-do-wells stop nine eleven. It's compelling stuff. So, want to let you know that you know we're still trying to tap into the female demographic. We're looking at about two mm. percent. So two percent. I think like I am milk. higher than that. You're higher than that. Well, you're accessible. You know, and you're you're wise. We just we just. Anyways, sorry. He's, All he's right. down bad for me guys. He's down bad.
6: <laughs> Shout out to the State of the League podcast yes, yes, with yes. me and and Jokic Joe Star. There's a free episode posted on YouTube. Guys, I'm at 3% on my phone. If I if I disappear it's cuz I Buzzer ran meter. out of battery. Um State of the League podcast with me and Jokic Joe Star, there's a free episode posted every week on YouTube on the State of the League YouTube channel. There's a episode posted on patreon we have 40 patrons already everyone get in there we're having good stuff you'll have the chance to lobby me um so check out my tiktok this week there's gonna be some takes that maybe i don't believe but i've been lobbied to speak on behalf of so is is cam thomas the next donald mitchell we'll see um but yeah get in there there's there's good stuff in the Patreon. Shout out. It's it's two hours of podcast. It's four hours of podcast a week. Also, we post on we're going to start posting on the weekends. The only NBA podcast that posts on the weekends. Everyone's taking the weekend off. They don't grind like us. And we're also the only NBA podcast that talks about every single team every single week. Wow. Plus, come draft time, I'm going to be talking about draft stuff. It's a good time over there. I'm at 2%. All right. Um, Head over to Hot Tunes TV China NBA on YouTube. That's my solo YouTube channel. I haven't posted on there in a little bit. I'm very technologically limited, so that's why I don't Uh post there as often. But there's going to be lots of draft stuff there eventually. And then shout out to my TikTok channel, the world-famous Pablo Escobar. The search up Pablo Escobar. I'll come up.
5: That is one of the best self-plugs that I've ever seen. Well played, Pablo. A joy to have you. Of course, you guys know Jokic Showstar. We've had him on twice now, friend of the show. And we had to get Pablo on because it really is you're world famous, man. World famous Pablo Escobar. Everybody go check him out. So with that, as always, appreciate you guys. If you want more of us, you can find us on the Nerd Sesh YouTube channel. Where you can see all of our full shows with video there. You can listen to the podcast across audio platforms. You can follow us on social TikTok and Instagram at Nerd Sesh. Twitter at nerd underscore sesh. And you can check out our merch if you want. Logan's wearing the hat. Look at that. Doesn't that look nice on his shiny head? We got the flags. We got shirts. We got hoodies. Thevolume.com. You can find it all. And if you want to start a dialogue, you can't lobby us, but you can certainly have our (laughs) ear in the Nerd Sesh Discord. So you can sign up for that. Link to that is uh, at the link tree across our social media bios. So with that, as always, thank you, Pablo. Everybody go check him out. I've been Carson Brabber. I am no longer bald. Damn. And this was Nerd Sesh.
1: Or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services.
0: Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.